0: If you've been with us at least for the month of February, you know that we have been making our way through a series entitled, How We Really Pray. And what we've been trying to do in a very basic way is get an understanding that prayer and growing in prayer and and developing our prayer, it's not about how many prayers you can pray or how eloquent you can pray or the length of the prayers. It's simply about praying and trusting that the one whom we call our father is is communicating with us. It's about having a communication, a connection with God. And what we said at the very beginning is that in that whole Dialogue that happens between the divine and the mortal—it's it, simply a way of 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 staying connected with our God. We said, uh, Pastor Scott on last Sunday made an important point that stuck with me, and he said, and I quote: "Prayer connects our eternal soul with our eternal God." Now, it wasn't particularly. Earth shattering, but yet it was because in a sense what he was saying and what I understood is that God has given us the privilege and the honor of being able to connect with him. Now that's huge because the creator of the universe, the sovereign God of all creation, the God whom we we praise, whom we worship, whom we preach about, that God has given us the privilege of connecting with him. Pastor Scott said, a soul without prayer is missing a vital connection with the living God. And I totally agree. And while at first when we talk about this subject of prayer, it, you can kind of go down this path. Oh, no, here we go. We're gonna, I'm going to feel guilty because I don't pray enough. I don't want you to go there. It's not about praying enough and all of this kind of stuff. It's about maintaining what I call a God consciousness as we do life. As Matthew so well put this morning in in the creative element, it's just as you're doing life, as you're going, you're doing the regular things that you do, taking time to connect with your heavenly father. That's what it's really about. I can say amen and we could do the benediction and that would be the end of the story right now. Prayer will cause us to experience God. It moves our connection with God from something in our heads to a reality in our souls. That wasn't my quote. That was a publisher of Prayer Connect, Jonathan Graff. To pray without ceasing, and that's the text that we're using as our theme text, 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 17. To pray without ceasing refers to a prayer as a way of life. You continually have a prayer, an attitude of prayer, regardless of what's going on in your life. I like something John Altberg said once. The goal of prayer is to live all of my life and speak all of my words in joyful awareness of the presence of God. The goal of prayer is to live all of my life and speak all of my words in the presence, in the joyful awareness and the presence of God. Prayer becomes real when we grasp the reality and the goodness of God's constant presence with the real me, Jesus lived his everyday life in conscious awareness of the Father. And that's what we're trying to emulate. We're trying to be just like Christ. That's our desire. We want to be like Christ. And I recognize that it's it's a growing process. It's something that you just don't go out and get the app and and it happens. There's a prayer app. Okay, now, no, no it, it's not like that. It's recognizing that we, the people of God, kingdom people, I might say, are in the process of being renewed. Trans and transformed for the glory of God. It is a work in process. You've heard that before. We are a work in process. We're in this process of being renewed and transformed for the glory of God. It is a process that God is working out in us. Here's a piece that I bet you didn't expect. Turn to someone sitting next to you and say, I am a work in progress I am being renewed and transformed to his glory. Some of you, some of you didn't. You're not convinced. I am a work in progress. (coughs) I am being transformed and renewed for the glory of God. Do you believe it? Because if you believe that, then you will be able to grab hold of this, this main point. Are you are going to hear me say this more than once this morning? The main point for today's message is simply to do God's will, to glorify his name, should be our deepest desire in prayer. Surrendered prayer desires to do God's will more than our own will. Let me say it again. To do God's will, to glorify his name, should be our deepest desire in prayer. Surrendered prayer desires to do God's will more than our own will. Now, be careful with that. Because when we talk about surrendered prayer, and that's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about not, not the eloquence of prayers and how well we pray and all of this kind of stuff. We're talking about being able to come to God because he's given, he's given us the privilege and the honor to come to our, us because he's our daddy, he's our Abba, He's our father. He's given us that privilege as adopted children in this faith to come to him and connect with him. He wants that communion with us. And when we come to him in prayer, what we're saying is, God, Abba, Father, Daddy, I I surrender to you. Whatever you desire for me, whatever you want for me, I'm okay with that. What if, what if we really believe in the deepest parts of our soul that, that we so trust God and we're so believing in God that we were willing to totally, totally trust him in every aspect of our lives? How different would our lives be? Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. What does that mean, pray without ceasing? And by to be nonstop talking to God, every moment just talking to God? No, no. It is a God consciousness, a spirit that says, God, I'm connecting with you as I do life. John Piper put it this way. He said, first, it means that there is a spirit of dependence that should permeate all that we do. Second, he said, praying without ceasing means praying repeatedly and often. In fact, the word, the word, Has a meaning that that suggests that the the hacking cough. So our prayer should be something of the consistency of where you. It's an ongoing. You don't know. You just kind of like and you. You ever have a, a hacking cough? A cough that just hangs around. You got the a cold. You don't know. It just it just happens when it happens. It's annoying sometimes, but but you get the point. Our prayer should be a continual kind of thing not an annoyance but a thing where it just it just happens it just happens as we're doing life Paul says in uh, Romans 1 9 he speaks he says for God is my witness who I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son that without ceasing I mention you Does that mean he's uh, just constantly, constantly walking around talking about the Romans, the Romans, the Romans, Romans? No, but his attitude and his consistency of connection with God on their behalf is what he's speaking about. Third, John Piper makes the comment that praying without ceasing means not giving up on prayer. Don't ever come to a point in your life where you throw your hands up and say, I'm not going to pray at all. And then you just abandon. I don't believe it's not going to happen. Some folks have gotten to that place where they're just kind of like things have happened and they just, they've kind of lost the connection. In John MacArthur's book, Alone with God, he makes this comment, life becomes a continually ascending prayer. All life's thoughts, deeds, and circumstances become an opportunity to commune with your heavenly father, unquote. In essence, what they're saying is that life itself is a prayer. We go through life and we connect with God. We're talking to God every moment we get. I tell you, it, it, it has been something that has been one of the most incredible things that's happened in my own personal life. To my discredit, I didn't figure this out until about five years ago. Oh, Pastor, you've been preaching for 25 years, 30 years, and you just figured that one out? Sorry. Because prior to that, I was in this place where I was pr- praying and it was kind of like, well, I'm praying specifically for this thing because I want God to do something. But it was not surrendered prayer. It was not prayer that said Say to God, God, whatever you desire. I cried out to God as the psalm says, Psalm 61, 1 and 2. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer from the end of the earth. I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. That's a surrendered prayer. And then Jeremiah 33 and 3. Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. God is beckoning us to come to him. He's giving us this this invitation to call on him to come to him. In fact, the screech, preachers speak about, about about this thing about calling and praying on god luke eighteen one and he told them a parable to the effect that they should always pray and not lose heart. That's Jesus. praying at all times in the spirit with the prayer all prayer and supplication to that end alert. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. Paul speaking in Ephesians 6.18. And then again, Paul in Colossians 4 two continually continue to steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Always there's that sense of praise and thanksgiving connected with prayer. Why? Because as we approach our heavenly father with the privilege and the honor of being able to come to him with surrender prayer, regardless of what's going on in our lives, whether we're having bad times, good times or indifferent, we come with a sense of thanksgiving and gratitude. Something I haven't always practiced. Paul says in Romans 12, 12, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. It's the same theme over and over again. So why don't we surrender when we pray? Why don't we really, really... Connect with this surrendering part. What is the propensity of our heart that we, 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 when we come to God, we get to that place? It's, 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 God is the genie, and we simply want God to act on our behalf, which He does, sometimes. I think there's three three things that may, and these aren't exhaustive, but I think three things are in the way here. These are struggles that I would call them. One, because of ignorance or pride. We can handle life on ourselves. We're self-reliant. We have our education. We have our home, our jobs, our health, our businesses. We graduated from the right schools. We have the right pedigree. We've done okay. we got the family, the kids. We live in the Silicon Valley. To live in this valley, you've got to have some level of affluence. We're doing okay. And if most of us were honest, we would have to say that we feel pretty good about ourselves. In fact, we'd have kind of a little kind of head up in the air, kind of like, I kind of got here because I'm good. And admittedly, in this church, as, as other churches I've been to, there are some of the sharpest people in, that I've ever encountered. We have sharp medical people, doctors, lawyers, oh, engineers, doctors, all kinds of folks. The temptation is to begin to believe the story that you got there because of you. And so there is no surrendering to God because it's all about you. Number two, it's the trust factor. We do not see God as a caring father as he's supposed to be because he didn't do or get the right, give us the right response at some point in time. Maybe we prayed when we were going through a crisis or some issue. Maybe it was a health issue or whatever, some other issue, some financial issue, whatever, relationship issue. And we called on God and we came to him and we said, God, help, do something. And nothing changed. And so we walked away saying, "Okay, been there, done that, got the T-shirt, I'm out of here. And a lot of times what God is doing, I've seen this over and over in my own life, what God is doing is he's waiting because he's doing something more than the situation that you perceive at the time that needs to be changed. What if God wants you to just stew in it a while? Surrender prayer says, God, I come to you, and if you want me to just stew in it a while, I'm okay in this marinating stage. I'll marinate in this stuff until you're ready to move me. That's a surrendered heart. Number three, we pray because we have our own agenda and will for our lives. We struggle here because we're either self-reliant or we we don't trust God or either we have our own agenda. And, and, And that's where I was at for a while. And I didn't realize it. Had my own agenda. You know, God, you do this and I'll do this. Change this person and I'll, yeah, I got it. Change this circumstance. <clears throat> and what God is really desiring for me to do for you and I as we come to Him is to come with an open arms. To do God's will. To glorify his name should be our deepest desire in prayer. Surrendered prayer desires to do God's will more than our own will. That's what surrendered prayer is about. The best example we have, the Lord's example, is in Matthew 26, verses 38 to 39. And you know the story. It's the story of the garden of Gethsemane. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. What was going on there? You know the story. Our Lord is getting ready to go to the cross. Fully God, fully human. And yet in that moment, we we see the tension, the the tension of, of fully God, fully human struggle there because of the imminent death for you and I. And yet you don't see a giving up. Surrender is not just giving up. Well, I might as well give up. No, it's not giving up surrender is saying your will whatever you desire you know what's best to do god's will to glorify his name should be our deepest desire in prayer surrender prayer desires to do god's will more than our own will so a few valid questions i was thinking about this i was talking to pastor scott about this what what If God really loves us as much as the scriptures suggest, why do we have to ask God for what we need or want? And I thought about it. And certainly he loves us. We're told throughout scripture that he loves us. He cares about us. We belong to him. He's given the very best for us. He gave us his son. So it's not about whether he loves us or not. By asking, we express, watch this now, we express our dependence on God. Prayer teaches us, surrendered prayer especially, teaches us to be dependent on God and not on ourselves. That's what it's about. When we come to God, surrendered in prayer, we're saying, God, it's about you. It's not about me. It's about you. The second question is this. It's one of those theological things. You know what it means when you say God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. If God knows everything, why do we need to inform him of things in our prayer? He already knows. Why, why, why do I have to tell him if he already knows? Well, it's simple as this. He desires to hear from his children. He desires to commune with his children. He desires to be with us. He beckons us. He is wooing us to his side. He wants us to be there, connected with him. And when we do it, as we do life, as we go through life, God is honored. He's blessed. And we are blessed. You remember the story with Martha and Mary. Jesus is sitting there with the two sisters in the home. And Mary is sitting there right next to him. What a blessed joy to have the Savior there. And Martha is agitated. And wants Jesus to get on Mary's case. Because she's not helping out. And Jesus makes it very clear. He says, no, 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 no. She, she's desired that which is right. This, this is, leave her alone. She's doing what's right. She's connecting with me. She's commun- in communion with me. I'm in communion with her. This is what's important right now. What is surrendered prayer? It's not giving up. It's letting go and giving over our own will to the Father's will. That's what surrendered prayer is. In surrendered prayer, we acknowledge that God knows more than we know. He is greater. His his he has a greater, deeper purpose and a reasonable and a reason in view than we presently can see or imagine in other words God is way more informed than we are about the situation and so when we come to God surrendered what we're saying to God in a sense is that God you know already I'm not trying to inform you God you already see the situation You know my heart. You know my struggle. That's why there are sometimes when you go to God in prayer, sometimes you don't have the right words. And the Holy Spirit which resides in you, Christ in us, the Holy Spirit in us, has to interpret those groanings, that frustration, that pain inside you, interpret that in such a way that the Father understands what it means. And even if you don't utter a word from your lips, he knows what your heart is saying. That's what the Holy Spirit does. We experience genuine childlike comfort when we come to God with a surrendered heart that is open to his word, his will, and his way. You see, surrendered prayer says, God, God, whatever your word says, whatever your way, whatever your will, I'm okay with that. What would happen someone came to you, a relative or someone, friend, and said, pray for me? I'm going through a terrible, terrible health issue right now. And the doctors don't know what to do. What would happen if you were simply to say, yes, I will be praying for you? And I will pray that God would just have his way with you, even in the midst of this challenge with your health. Suppose it were turned around and someone said that to you. What if if, instead of being so quick to tell God to fix the situation... What if we began to approach it from a different way and say, God, have your way in that situation. If you so choose to change the circumstance, so be it, thy will be done. Would it change our whole prayer outlook and change our whole response to God? How can I experience the surrendered prayer mindset? Because that's what we're really talking about. I want to I shift and I want to have that surrendered prayer mindset. I want to move to a place where, where I can approach God completely as an authentic Christian with authentic faith, trusting God, my daddy, your daddy, and have that surrendered prayer mindset. It's three things. Have you first, by faith, surrendered your life to Jesus Christ? Because that's where it starts. You can't talk about a surrender prayer uh, style, surrender prayer, if if you haven't made the surrender of your life to Christ. Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Salvation starts the clock ticking. It starts that process when you say, God, I surrender my life to you. I believe that everything you've done on the cross, I believe it, God, and I accept it. Secondly, have you recognized you cannot do it on your own? It is a difficult place for us in the 21st century, especially in the Silicon Valley, to surrender and admit that we can't do something on our own. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It is the Holy Spirit that has to do the work in us. John says, 14, 26, that the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. And so say yes to Christ, you surrender to Christ, and then that Spirit, as a result of our salvation in Christ, the Spirit of God resides in us, and the Spirit of God teaches us what? It teaches us how to surrender. It gives us a spirit of surrender. He gives us a spirit of surrender. And number three, have you called or cried out to God, confident that he will respond however he wants to respond, and you're okay with that? Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. That's the God that we serve. God that, 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 that is waiting for us to simply open our arms and say, God, here I am. Whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. Finances surrendered to you. My service surrendered to you. My family surrendered to you. My health surrendered to you. My wife surrendered to you. My husband surrendered to you. My kids surrendered to you. Everything is surrendered to you, God. Whatever you want to do, it's your call. You are the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. Call it the way you see it, because you are sovereign in my life. You start by saying, as the psalmist said in 139, 23 to 24: search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any grievous way in me. Lead me to the way that is everlasting. To do God's will, to glorify his name, should be our deepest desire in prayer. Surrendered prayer desires to do God's will more than our own will. Like I said, I, I, I didn't get that right until about five years ago when I was going through some challenges in my life. My response was, God, take it away. Take away the problem. Take away the issue. I'm stressing on this. I don't want to deal with it anymore. And then at one point, I began, God began to speak to my heart, saying, what I'm going to do with you, my son, my child, It's through all of this struggle and difficulty, what I'm going to do is teach you how to surrender. I'm not going to take it away. I'm not going to change the circumstance, but I'm going to teach you what it means to surrender. And in the process, you and I are going to become closer. You're going to pray more. You're going to call on me more than you've ever called on me. You're going to be on your face before me more than you've ever been on your face. This is what surrender prayer is about, my son. And I'm going to teach you about it. I would encourage you. And I pray that You don't have to learn it the hard way. Some of you have never had a health issue. You've never had financial issues, relationship issues. Everything has been just great. You're living the life. Learn what it means to surrender to God in everything, in prayer. You don't want to have to learn that lesson when you're in the middle of a crisis. I want to close with this prayer. And I'm going to read this prayer. And if this is your prayer this morning, I want you to own this one for yourself. And simply just this, you don't have to tell anybody or say anything. I'm not going to ask you to stand up or come forward or anything like that. But just if this is your prayer, just, just in your own heart, start here. I'm giving you a place to start. Start here. Lord, I lift my hands up to you in praise and surrender my life to you this morning. I take my hands off every problem, every situation and circumstance that I am trying to fix on my own. Lord Jesus, I cast all my burdens on you. Open my eyes to see that you know what is best for me. Strengthen my faith to take you at your word. Rise within me that I may boldly declare your truth. Cast out all fear. Remove out all doubt. Block unbelief and calls an unwavering trust to be stirred within me. Amen. I pray that that prayer will become very real for you. God bless you.